the Divine Mother, the mother of us all, came in because Mother Earth reached out to her, not because of the people, okay? But one of the things that nobody uh, thought would happen, uh, the Divine Mother is nobody to mess with, okay? Uh, she, she really will, you know, and like, like they said, you know, since we had the, what do you call it, quarantine, that the uh, atmosphere was clearer in China, and this was the, the oceans, and you know, it's like those things have to be cleaned up. Things have to change, okay? And unfortunately, people do not change without pain. And it's part of what a human being is made of. And that is why we have, and say, get to the heart chakra, get out of your lower chakras, get up here to a place of love. And if it takes pain for you to do that, then pain you shall have. Jesus, mm -hmm. Jesus wants to come through. Oh, beautiful. Sananda? No, Jesus. Beautiful. Okay. Jesus says there are many who are calling and needing his uh, energy at this point in time. Of course, all the... You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive, with Karen Swain. So wonderful to be with you all again. And remember, if you're enjoying the conversations, please share them with your friends so we can grow the love. Nothing more needed than more love in this world right at the moment. I have another amazing woman to introduce you to, Athena Raphael. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I saw, I saw you. It's exciting. I know. She's just moved house. So... <laughs> So we had a bit of like fixing things up to get her on camera so we could see her and everything. I know what moving house is like. You've got stuff everywhere. So thank you for being on the show in the midst of the moving. It's all right. It was already scheduled. I wasn't going to miss it. I saw you on Kevin Moore's show and I just was, I just loved your story. I just loved your connection. I just loved you. And I thought, oh, I'm going to reach out to you. I'm not... I don't watch all of Kevin's shows, but I'm guided to sort of click on some things. Sometimes I never know why I'm clicking on stuff. And then I listen, I go, oh, and that's why. Let me read out your bio here, and then we're going to get into your amazing story. So Athene Raphael is a psychic medium, empath, spirit channel, and past life reader connected to the angelic realm and many other realms of existences beyond this reality. Her psychic abilities allow her to vision certain events, which helps bring clarity to situations she's reading. She's a metaphysical teacher and writer of mysticism and enlightenment. She has always had the second sight since she was born and was tormented for this in her early life. 
as a psychic she believes in the power to create changes you desire all her information comes from the heart of love and understanding and truth athena's work brings about transformation and provides life-changing results to all who are ready to move forward in their life so let's get into uh your early childhood because this is really fascinating as um and oh, i don't know there's so many people you know people coming through now that have this so-called second sight or their intuition or psychic abilities are more expanded but in your generation not so many as i was listening to you on kevin's show i was just thinking I've met so many women of your generation that had that same trauma during childhood being so different. And I felt like I really wanted to honor you for being that way shower that, uh, you know, the way shower. So what happened as a child? Well, it's, you know, I grew up with my grandma just down the block and my grandma was a, a native American Indian. Here, let me show you a picture of her when she was a child. Oh, I think it's pretty obvious to see. Oh, she's absolutely beautiful. For, so for those okay. people listening to audio, she's absolutely beautiful. That was my grandma. Wow. So she was full in Native American Indian? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Anyway. Uh, at her house, you grew up tribally. Everything was like a tribe. Everybody had their things to do and everybody had to be doing this or that or the other. But grandma was kind of funny. You know, she told my parents, um, she said, there's something different about this one. You, you, you need to not treat her the same as the other children, which made them even madder, I think. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh she she all of us kids and none of us were hers we were all grandchildren um we grew up learning to work and we would go to the orchards and we'd pick uh fruit off the trees in the bushel bushel baskets and we'd take it home and then we would can and it was uh you know everybody had a job and if you told grandma you were bored, she'd have you wash the wall so you wouldn't be bored. I mean, there was no, there was no time for boredom in her life, okay? I'll give you something to do here. Wash the walls. <laughs> and you go, that's the same wall. I don't care. Wash it again. So what happened to your parents? My parents were there, but they worked all the time. It seemed like they worked all the time. They owned a restaurant. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it was a lot more work than they thought it was going to be owning it. Yeah. But um, they pretty much worked from, you know, six, six, five, six a.m. until eight at night uh, every day, you know. And, um, and so I was the oldest. So I was supposed to take care of the younger ones. And so I grew up very young. By the time I was 13, I was a full-fledged waitress. And um, it was uh, when I was about nine or 10 uh, that the dead relatives started coming to talk to me. 
the ones who had passed. Yeah, yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah. The dead and ones. Then, <laughs> and, and then I would tell my mother, and then my mother would tell my father, and then my mother would say, don't tell your father. <laughs> and it went on like that, you know. They thought it would go away. But surely they thought it would go away. But your, your grandmother must have understood. She understood more uh, than they did. Right. But she wasn't going to, you know, get involved, interrupt anybody's life. She would state her opinion, and that would be it. Uh, our houses were both haunted. My parents bought uh, two houses side by side with uh, big basements, and the basements in both of those houses were haunted. And um, a lot of people uh, don't understand that, that, that a lot, a lot of houses are haunted. Okay, this, is, this has been a, a thing that, that people have pushed aside mm -hmm. for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I woke up one day in the basement. I think I must have been about 10 or 11. My, my whole room, my whole bedroom was filled with titi flies. And we all know titi flies only live in places like Africa and that. And they weren't flying. They were just covering the walls and the ceiling and everything. And I told my mom, and of course, she came down with their handy tool, the vacuum cleaner, and just, and again, it was, we're not going to pay any attention to this, okay? And um, uh, it's, it's like uh, people don't understand how much possession and hauntedness is really going on out there in the world. Uh, I believe that the lower astral has completely come down here into the physical third dimension now. Now? I believe, yes. I believe that happened about a year ago. And I think uh, that um, uh, people have been becoming more and more possessed and doing really strange things, like kids going out and killing and other people killing people for no reason, uh, and everybody saying what a nice person they were before this happened, uh -huh. okay? Uh, I don't think everybody needs to go around being afraid of being possessed. But I think they need to be aware that it's there. Right. Let me just ask you, what do the titsy flies have to do with lower astral energies? I don't really know. All I knew was that they were titsy flies. I knew they were not house flies because the size of them was gigantic. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, you know, uh, my mother's thing was, well, uh, they must have nested under the house, and I'm going out of whatever, okay? <laughs> um, my, uh, my father carried a big demon with him, and he, he is my stepfather. I was adopted, and, um, and his demon was scary, and I was not the only one that saw it, okay? If he got mad, everybody saw it. And even when he died, and I helped him die a couple of years ago, he still 
had that demon with him. So let's, uh, okay, what's your understanding of a demon? Because I, um, I have probably have a different understanding to you, but what's your understanding of a demon? My understanding of a demon is um, uh, energy that is produced by someone mm-hmm. sometimes uh, that takes on a form of its own. Right. Okay. Okay. This, this I call the protector. Okay. Mm-hmm. This most people develop in their childhood and stuff. I believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. and I believe that um, uh, when you leave this world, um, because I help a lot of souls get to the light, okay? When you leave this world, uh, your demons cannot go with you. Mm-hmm. So they have to be housed in the lower astral. Mm-hmm. When you're born again, at some point they're restored to you, and you still have to uh, release them, heal them, get rid of them, however you want to put it. Transmute them. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's a similar understanding. I call them thought forms, thought forms, because they're thoughts that are not in alignment with source, and then they become a form. So I, I had this discussion with Frances Reiki, who channeled some books after her mother died, and her mother or the beings on the other side were saying they become like vibrational spheres, spheres of vibrational energy. And the spheres can be, you know, in linear terms, negative or positive, but you can literally, they can literally feed on your energy and you feed on its energy. There's like this symbiotic relationship where you're, I guess that's under the banner of possession uh, in that, in that you're kind of drawing from this particular vibration and it's drawing from you and you're sort of feeding each other. Yeah. That's how I understand it. Yeah. So that would be the same thing, right? Well, yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have had the ability to travel out into the astral. Right. uh, Many, many times and, and further actually. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much, solid in the etheric now but i had to learn about the astral i had to learn about the different levels within the astral right okay uh so that i could understand um how to help people i mean the highest level level in the astral is that celestial where the beings of light will show themselves okay so would you call that the angelic realm I would, to a a degree, okay? Okay. Because the angelic realm is far beyond um, our crown chakra. Right. Okay, but but this is where they will take form for you to see them. Lots of people want to see angels. Lots of people want to see their guides. Well, they have to be able to understand that it's not always safe to do so you know it's really not i'm working with a client right now who said that she channeled jesus and um and the angels and then one day uh some kind of of uh, negative demon got a hold of her and right now it's wrapped around her spine but she never knew that you should protect yourself 
before you go looking for things that you know nothing about. Uh-huh. What can I say? You know, we all have to learn to anchor light. We all have to learn to create sacred space around us. We need to understand that our energy is sacred and that our energy deserves to be protected. I assume you must do some kind of higher uh, meditation or something in order to uh, keep yourself centered, in order to keep yourself um, uh, being able to interact with guidance without there being a lot of static in there. I'm sure you've had uh, experiences of psychic attack and that's what happens look, with those energies. Look, I absolutely have, and I have a different understanding in, in that I understand how energy works. In order to attract an energy, you have to be a similar resonance to that particular frequency. And so um, I, if you're actually connected to light energy, like higher frequency energy or higher vibrational beings, you're not a match to lower vibrational energy unless you come down to that vibration by engaging in angry, resentful thoughts, in engaging in thoughts that are actually a, a similar resonance to that energy or entity. Uh, I have had a, an experience when I was learning about all this where somebody was talking about negative en energies, uh, attachments, and I thought to myself, oh, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you ask for right and then yes. one day i'm in the car with a girlfriend of mine dropping her off and i said god i feel so exhausted i don't know what's wrong with me today and she was born thalidomide and she was always she had a hole in her heart so she was always exhausted and i remember saying to her now i know how you feel most of the time because she had lung problems right and then i went home and i asked my guides you know what's happening and they said to me that i had a energy attachment and I said why and they said you wanted to know what it felt like and I went all righty <laughs> now I know and then I released it but I don't worry too much about thing I the thing about people they get worried about things that they can't see you know they can't perceive through their five senses but if you keep your vibration high you're protected you know that word protection because you're not a vibrational match to those energies I have to agree with that, you know. Yeah. It took me a long time to reach that level of highness you're talking about. Yeah, which means we have to clean up our crap. Like our, you know. 30, 30 years, I worked yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no short time, mind you. Yeah, yeah. Which means but we have to get over our grievances and and forgive people and love them. And, yeah, yeah. you've got to get your judgments out of the way. Judgments and out of the way, yep. Your judgments are instilled in you from a very young age. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know, changing vibration is a wonderful thing, but a lot of people don't understand they can do that. Yeah. And so they kind of read a book. Right. Or they see something on TV or whatever. Yeah. And then they decide that they should try it. Right. No, I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong, but I am saying that it doesn't hurt to have a teacher. It doesn't hurt to have someone guide you and help you while you are finding your own guides. Yeah, yeah. 
Look, yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like there are people that are interested in this stuff. They're still hating on their family. They're you know resentment about the ex lover and they've had fights with their friends and they hate their ex boss. And then they say, Ooh, I want to speak to my spirit guides. And then they call on an energy and now they're a vibrational match to all that same uh, negative energy that they're carrying those resentments. And so they have good intentions to want to, but they need to clean up. They need to do the work first. They need to do the forgiveness, That's right. work, the letting go. Right. Of the, yeah. Transmute. And I, I talked to somebody lately and maybe you can help with this. Um, she told me that she thinks that maybe things have shifted on the planet so that you don't have to do all that same work that you used to have to do. What do you think of that? Oh, I, I definitely think that the energy is quickened on the planet and that releasing old energies is a lot easier today than it used to be. Definitely. Like you said, took you 30 years. Like that's what I, look, I work with people and you do too that can release really quickly. Whereas it took me years, you know, years and years of personal growth work and at, yeah. So, and it's a matter of, yeah, transmuting dense energy is a lot quicker these days than it was. Yeah, for sure. But I um, with that. you agree with that? Oh, oh yeah. I, I want to get back to your story. Uh, cause we're kind of got into the teaching as teachers tend to do <laughs> instead of sticking to the story just for the first bit of this uh, conversation it's nice to hear people's stories so as a child you were surrounded by uh, people with what you call possessed sort of demonic like negative energy like your dad look I'm thinking about my dad dear old dad too he was a lovely man but gee he had anger problems and so did his dad and he used to just fly off the handle yeah and, and of course, I had anger problems when I was uh, thinking that that was just normal, just getting angry at everything. And Yeah, that wasn't getting angry. You could see his whole demeanor change. You could see. Yeah. And everybody knew to get out of the way because, yeah. you know, I had watched him accidentally almost kill my brother. Right. Beating his head into the window of the car one time. Wow. And uh, it took three of us to pull him off of him. Yeah. And he never, he never, he would hit a certain point and that was it. Yep. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just anger management. Even right. when I, I brought a priest when he was dying, a Catholic priest. And when he was in there with my father and he kept saying, all you have to do is surrender to Jesus Christ and do this and do that. My father just kept saying, I ain't going there. I ain't going there. <laughs> I ain't going there. <laughs> what was his resistance? Did he just like hate religion or? No, it wasn't resisting. He knew what he had done. And he, and he had done some pretty horrific things, but we're not going to go into that. Yeah, but he just couldn't forgive himself or he didn't want to. Anyway, that's your dad's story. So how did you, a psychic medium, you know, seer, how did you cope with this as a child? I left home when I was 15. Yeah. Actually, actually I left the country. Right. I went, went from here to um, Canada, uh, where I lived for some time. And then uh, from Canada, I think I went to San Francisco, where I lived for some time. And then eventually I ended up in New York City, wow. where I lived for some time. And, and yeah, I... I never understood why people didn't travel, okay? 
to me, it's like, how can you know what people are really like unless you meet them in different places? Uh-huh. You know, New York City is a hub of all kinds of people. So you don't really have to worry there. You're always going to meet people of, I would meet publishers, I would meet writers, I would meet musicians. I would meet all kinds of people there. Yeah. And, and everybody there was just a person. Nobody was into the romanticism of like L.A. where you're going to see a star or something. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just rugging up. It's a little cold here. Um, okay, so how long, how old were you when you were in New York City? I think I was about um, 18 or 19. And, and how long did you live there? Uh, huh? How long did you live there? Oh, maybe a year. And then I found an agent in a talent place and started going out to Long Island to work. And that's when I decided to move out to Long Island. What were I you lived- doing work-wise? You were working as an actress, were you? You say talent. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had an agent. Uh, it was great, but you know, I also got pregnant about that time. So, um, once I had my child and I was glad I had her when I was in Long Island, um, her and I pretty much lived there for the next 20 years. Oh, lovely. So she's here today. How old is she today? How old now? 50. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So meeting your guides or meeting the angels, when did that happen? How, what were you doing when that sort of happened? Well, what happened was I had gone to these psychic fairs and people were telling me that they were in touch with their guides. Well, like I said, I always had a second sight and I would look around them and I couldn't see guides there sometimes I saw like a really big bird or this or that or the other but I was like I don't think these people know if they're talking to guides or not so I I had to know I just had to know uh who are these guides and so um uh I was meditating regularly in the garden of the gods I had just taken on my two-year-old granddaughter to race and uh, I met Red Cloud and Red Cloud uh, came and talked to me and Red Cloud uh, worked with me for a long time. He taught me how to uh, do a medicine wheel um, and, and the exact amount of stones that were to go down and, and then uh, um, I was depossessing people pretty regularly um, if I could get them in the wheel. And, uh, and then uh, he would meditate with me in his teepee um, together. And I think that's how I reached the angelic realm uh, because it was like, it was different than my own meditation. Mm-hmm. But uh I worked with Red Cloud and Two Feathers. Uh, that was a big time also for, for 
uh, White Eagle. He was helping people too at that time. Um, so Red Cloud, Two Feathers, and White Eagle are spirit guides. Are there? Oh yes, in a spirit guides. They 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 appear to you as as American Indian. Yeah. Did you like? I assume your grandmother's not around anymore. But did she come to you after she left this world? No. Oh. Okay. No, she had a good death. There was no reason she needed to hang around or come back here. I just thought to sort of help you. All right. Fair enough. No, no, I never had that kind of help. But anyway, um, after working with. Red Cloud for about a year or so. Let me see. About a year uh, was when I was searching everywhere for my guides. I mean, it was like I was going to the four corners of the earth or something. Uh, Red Cloud had me out there putting down medicine wheels all over the state, sometimes in another state. Okay. And then, uh, um, I was doing a vision quest, and that's when you say you go to the four corners of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I searched, and I searched, and I searched, and I couldn't find. So I was sitting on my couch one day. I was just frustrated. And I said, oh, well, if I have to go on blind faith, I guess I will. And then all of a sudden, I realized I'm going, you guys, you're my guides, huh? You guys that have been here all along, huh? And they said, yeah, like you were expecting somebody you didn't know. <laughs> <coughs> they always have a great sense of humor. And I was like, yeah, I was expecting somebody I didn't know, actually. <laughs> and they said, no, it's us. It's just us. We've been with you right along. And then... Uh, uh, I did a sacred ceremony. I believe very strongly in sacred ceremonies. And um, I asked to be put in touch with my soul group because I believe that we all have an oversoul. And everybody's not from the same soul group, but many of us are. And that's when I met like one, two, three, four, about four people maybe five um, that I'm actually still in touch with that were almost at the exact same point of learning that I was at. And so I went on a camping trip with one girl and she channeled Archangel Raphael. Right. And um, after she got done and we got done, because uh, him and I just had a conversation. It wasn't anything like he was up here and I was down here, you know. And she said, I've never had him talk to anybody like that before. Uh, he said, she said, he talked to you like your old friends. I said, I felt like we were old friends. And um, uh, after that was when I started getting the visitations. Now, visitation means they come right here in the 3D. Wow. Okay. Visitations are, are not visions. Right. Visions are different. Uh -huh. Okay. So um, I was in bed 
Uh, and of course, I, I had a couple other experiences in bed, like uh, uh, going into my light. I was taken into my light. I was uh, on a, uh, an altar inside a pyramid. And then I was taken out into this light. And that was the first experience I had with, with the light. Okay. And then uh, uh, one other time I was on the, uh, I was in Stonehenge. Okay. I mean, I was not there physically. Mm -hmm. I was just there. And the same thing kind of happened. It's like, there was a lot of meaning to all this stuff that led up to where I was at. And then also Red Cloud taught me how to shape shift. He taught me how to become a bird so that I could fly with him. And he took me flying over um, uh, Arizona, where the other red rocks are. Uh, and, and he showed me how those red rocks were connected to the red rocks, the garden of the gods that I meditated in. Sedona, that's where he took me. I had never heard of Sedona. I had no idea what that was. Okay. And so uh, my teachers were always showing me and teaching me. But I awakened that night with, with this bright angel sitting on my bed. And when an angel comes, now there's two ways angels come. They'll come with their wings or without their wings. Mm -hmm. Rarely do they come with their wings. It is a real show of acknowledgement for you if they wear their wings when they appear. And this angel was sitting there and I woke up and I was like, who are you? So hang on, did they have wings on or wings off, this angel? Gabriel had his wings on. Oh, yeah, his wings on. All right, okay. Okay, Gabriel has visited me more than once. Um, right. And so uh, he told me who he was. Mm -hmm. And I said, how do I know you're not Satan? Mm -hmm. How do I know you're not an evil spirit? <laughs> mm -hmm. And he told me to look in my jewelry box. And when I did, I found... A piece of jewelry which I still have which I never had before which um, had uh, it's like a scrimshaw it had uh, etched out uh, uh, Gabriel uh, together with psych okay and um, anyway uh, Gabriel Gabriel has so much love I mean when you're in the presence of that angel the love um, you, you just, there's nothing else, just the love, okay? And Gabriel spoke to me at length. Um, and then uh, shortly thereafter, oh yeah, I was sitting in my living room and there was a loud crash, like the ceiling was coming in or something. And... Um, uh, Archangel Michael came down right in front of me, took me to my knees. I mean, as he came in, I could feel him break down every force field around me. Uh -huh. Took me down to my knees and then uh, started showing me every single time in my lifetime that he had saved my ass, okay? 
which was a lot. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I get it. You guys have been there right along, right? I'm sure of it now. And then him and I had some discourse and he wanted me to help uh, the little gal who had taken me uh, camping. He wanted me to help her with, uh, you know, moving up the ladder. A lot of people think, well, you know, angels and guides and there's no place to go. It's like, there's every place to go. No matter where you go, there's always every place more that you can go. <laughs> no matter where you go, there's always somewhere more to go. Absolutely. Yep. You know? So the little gal that you went camping with was the one that introduced you to Raphael. She had Raphael and he said, I want you to help her move. Uh, how oh, old were you around this time? Archangel Mike. Michael, Michael. How old were you around this time that the angels started uh, showing in your 30s? 38. So they had been with you, but they just hadn't shown themselves to you. But they'd been with you, obviously, all along. We're always, all, you know, always guided, all of us. It's just a matter of awareness. What do you think happened to you at 38 that allowed you to have these visitations? I demanded. I demanded them to help me because okay. I was in so much pain right so much depression i was so bipolar or manic whatever you want to call it my whole life and i said to them i said if you don't do something i'm gonna leave this world okay i'm not gonna stay here and that's when they came in and then uriel uriel showed up in the air Uriel did not come down here, but Uriel in the air right there with a fire on his head, okay? And I called him the angel of the firing hair or whatever. <laughs> but he had a book in his hand, and he told me who he was, and then he said, and I sit at the right hand of God. And I said, I believe that. I believe you. And then it was after that, that I was also in touch with uh, Lord Ashtar. Have you heard of Ashtar? Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, Violet Flame, Saint Germain. Mm -hmm. Lord Sananda was my major teacher during that time. It was my master teacher. Mm -hmm. And it was the three of them along with the angels and every day I was taken out of my body for about an hour and received dissertations from a different teacher every time. And I, I, I said, I don't think I can remember all of this. And I was told it doesn't matter. It's in there. And when you need it, it's going to come out. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay you know let's go <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go so apart from healing your depression and your negative thoughts about being here what did they want you to do specifically for this world they didn't ask me to do anything right okay Raphael and them worked with me for two years, nonstop, clearing out 
the debris in my soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then it was like, yes, I had agreements with them. Yeah. They don't ask you, or at least I've never known them to ask me without me saying, okay, let's agree to this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, um, uh, Michael, Lord Michael, more than anybody came to me if he wanted me to do something. Uh, Raphael pretty much just stayed with me. Uh, I was, I was a mess. I really didn't feel that I would be okay unless one of them would stay with me. Okay. And so, uh, one day sitting on the couch again, uh, Raphael, St. Germain, uh, Lord Sananda, and Lord Ashtar were together. Now, they, they didn't all come like down here, okay? They were together, and, and they, it felt like they put like some kind of big vacuum on my head, okay? Yeah, yeah. And pulled a whole bunch of stuff out of me, okay? And I call it my walk-in experience because... I've never been that same person since that happened. Right. Yeah. And that's when I truly began to heal. Yeah. And, and they told me, they said, we're taking this out of you until you are strong enough to face it yourself. When you are strong enough to face it yourself, we will bring it back in, in, in increments for you to heal. And did they do that? Oh, yeah. So what specifically was it that they took out of you? Like the anger, sadness, the sadness, pain, the suffering. Pain. Okay. So from your past lives and childhood or? Yeah. Well, yeah, I have done a lot of work with Raphael already. Mm -hmm. Okay. Raphael taught me how to go with the end and uh, look at everything. Uh, look at my past lives. I must have seen 50 past lives with him. Yeah. And we also um, rescued parts of myself from those past lives. Yeah. I got left there. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was, it was really, uh, I had two girls come and get a reading one day and I was talking to the girls and, and they said, what you do is called hypnotherapy. And I said, oh, there's a name for this? And they said, yeah. I said, I can go to school. I can get a certificate. And they said, sure. And so I did. I went to a transpersonal hypnotherapy school. And I heard you say this on Kevin's show, and you said that what they taught you was nothing compared to what Archangel Raphael had taught you. Oh. But they gave you a piece of paper you could put on your wall and say, look, I'm a hypnotherapist. Which, That's what they did. Yeah, I'm just going to grab the heater. I'm just a bit cold. Uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> and so it's like, I've been like any other human being, you know, I want to have goals. I like to have goals. I like to learn. I like to achieve. And most of all, I reached a point where I think that I have a complete channel in my head somewhere that information is continually coming in all the time okay 
So it's, I don't have to read books the way I used to because I can get better information through this channel. But I also understand that I am an anomaly. I am not. I, I have taught so many people how to go within that are now in touch with their guides, okay? And that all happened many, many years ago. But I find that I have the ability to teach you this, but you have to be dedicated and really want to do it. It's, it's not something where you can say, okay, I'm going to sign up for four weeks and come to two of them or whatever. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So did the uh, different identities of the angels have a specific um, mandate? mandate vibration like Raphael what was I'm not going to call it a he or a she this energy specifically what does this energy specifically help humans with Archangel Raphael and Michael are the two that help the earth people more than anyone else mm -hmm. okay so what you'll hear people say gee you know I I think it was Raphael or Michael. You'll he hear them all the time. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. They have legions of light. Mm -hmm. Okay. And any one of those in the legion can represent them at any time if needed. Okay. So, you know, it, it's like if I'm talking to Raphael, I'm talking like through a microphone <laughs> that says, oh, Raphael, are you there? And then whatever energy comes through, I can identify that. Now, I, I became, they told me I became fully integrated in spirit about two years ago. They also told me that I had completed all my contracts with okay. spirit. Okay? Yeah. But I had made contracts like crazy because I wanted to learn. I just wanted to learn. I wanted to do it. You know, I didn't want to feel that way anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like depression. There's just not. Yeah, it's a bitch. Um, okay, so you've completed all your contracts. Uh, so the contracts were like, you're, I want to learn. I want to be in a physical dimension and I want to remember what it's like not to be in a physical dimension while I'm still in a physical dimension, basically. Like I want to remember how to be the light while, while in a dense environment. Were they, that was the sort of contracts, how to. My contract was whatever you guys need me to do, you tell me yeah. and I'll do it. And in return, I want all the learning I can get. Right. Nice. So, okay, so Raphael and Michael are the two um, energies that help humanity the most, you said. And Uriel, what does Uriel, the energy of Uriel, do for humanity? Uriel um, holds the book of life, uh, and not your life per se, but your soul's life. So like okay? your cash. Your Kashik, your Kashik record. Yeah. Yeah. The filing cabinet of lifetimes. You won't see much on Uriel. You won't see people saying, I channel Uriel. <laughs> right. Okay. If you do, be careful. Beware. 
Okay, uh, so so who, it's funny. This week I've got Belinda Womack coming into my online group, who also channels the archangels. Synchronistic. I didn't sort of make that. Like I didn't consciously do that. It's just synchronistic. Synchronistically, this week for me is all about the archangels, which is beautiful. Uh, and uh, she didn't really. When I had her on the show, she really didn't go into the energies of the angels. She just sort of said that. You know, they are infinite. Their energy is infinite. But she sort of separates them into the 12 archangels, she said. So uh, so who else? So you've got Uriel, Michael, Raphael. And Gabriel. And Gabriel. So what does Gabriel's energy do? Gabriel is uh, an angel of love. Unconditional love. Uh, just, oh washes over you it will always bring tears to your eyes i mean it's so pure the unconditional love of gabriel that no matter who you are you will cry mm. so but i'm saying i know these angels like i know you we have sat in the same room and talked together mm. okay uh, it's it's different for me than oh i finally found my guides and they're all here somewhere mm. okay it, it's different for me and it took me a long time to realize that yeah okay have you ever all heard right? of lorna Byrne? no i haven't she's an irish woman that was um uh, when she was a child she was um labeled as retarded she was just unbelievably um, dyslexic, she calls it. She can't even say dyslexic. She's so cute. She goes, dyslexic. Do I say it right? Anyway, right. she's in her 60s now and um, she never learned to read or write. But the angels were there just like, she, you know, her conversation is just like yours. They were like physical beings to her. She would talk to them and walk with them. And I remember one day she was walking with Michael and she was in a convent she used to go there to meditate and just have solace. She had no friends. Nobody wanted to talk to her. She only had the angels. And, um, and she was walking with Michael and he had dressed himself up looking a bit like a monk. And another monk walked past, a physical guy, and said hello to Michael dressed as a monk. And she looked at him and said, he can see you. And he goes, yeah, sometimes we can appear as real as you. And I love that, that they can appear so real, you know, like physical humans. Is that how they appear to you, as real as any other person? Um, sort of. I mean, I don't know any other person that would come through my ceiling like Michael did. Right. Uh, after Uriel came with the plainy hair and he didn't even come down, uh, my washing machine... Uh, suddenly had a flame in the bottom of it that woke me up in the morning. It scared me to death, you know. I unplugged it and it stopped. I called it the burning bush <laughs> that came with Uriel. Um, it's different for everyone. Yeah. And that's why people Getting say, that. well, they get possessive of their guides. Like I've seen them. You know, these are my angels. And I'm like, well, good luck with that. They're all of our angels. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, you know? as you're talking, I'm, I'm getting that they will appear to you um, specifically for you to sort of give you a, 
I don't know, a thrill, a message. Yeah, they can appear to you. It's different for everyone. Whatever is going to, you're going to connect with. Nobody has appeared to me uh, except Gabriel a couple of times since then. And oh, since when, then. I, right. when I was hurting really bad, I was really down. I was sad. And Gabriel came, okay, to talk to me, to help me to understand I was going to make it through that time. Uh, uh, Raphael speaks to me all the time if I need him to. He's not real available to me right now. Um, I think because I'm not channeling a whole lot or anything. And if I need him, all I have to do is call. And whether it's him or an emissary, someone will come. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, my higher self. Uh, you just read much... my mind. You just read my mind. I was just thinking, where, where does your higher self fit in with this? Yep, go on. Your higher self is where all other spirit consciousness reaches you. Okay? If your higher self is not activated or, or enlightened, you're enlightened to it or whatever, anybody's Uncle Bob can come to you and say, ooh, I'm a spirit guide, ooh, I'm an angel, ooh. And I, no. <laughs> no, it's only through your higher self that they come. All right? So yes, I, I have heard voices my entire life but not like they say, you know, wanting to hurt people or this or that or the other. Mm -mm. And, I and I defined when I was learning, me and Aloria, and we all had our way of identifying who we were talking to, mm -hmm. to make sure that it was who we wanted to talk to. Because we realized anybody's you know wandering spirit around here can come and talk to you and tell you anything and i had been crossing over those passed on since i was in my 20s mm. so when the dead relatives showed up when you're a kid what did they want from you did they want you to help them or did they just want to say come family. say hello no, tell the family I'm okay. Tell the family, tell the family, I'm, family okay. I'm safe. I'm better off than I was. <laughs> stop worrying. Stop crying. Stop Yeah, fighting. that's what they would tell me. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and crossing people over, how does that appear to you? You just, you, you get a, you get I a... I spent most of my life out of body, okay? Okay. Uh, from probably the first time uh, that I took a beating, I left my body. Right. And I didn't come back into my body fully until I was in my 30s. Okay? Right. But all during that time, I mean, I could travel all kinds of places out there. I could easily take a soul and show them what I call the tunnel to go through to get to the light. I just couldn't go through the tunnel. Okay, because I'm not dead, all right? Uh, I've been out there. Uh, Red Cloud taught me how to uh, travel the skies to go see whatever I wanted to see. And then I also went into inner earth. Um, 
uh, I have sisters and brothers that live in the ocean, okay? Um, yeah. Uh, mermaids, mermen, yep. uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Neptune. Neptune, yeah. Okay, and it's like, they've had to go to a different ocean, so to speak, because of all the damage that humans are doing to the oceans at this time. Okay, well, let me talk about that. I've got brothers and sisters in the ocean too. Uh, let me talk about that. So how do, I've, I've thought about that. I have thought about that. Um, are they in our polluted oceans or would they get out of those polluted oceans? That I've yeah, they're that. not in there. No, so when don't. you say another ocean, they, are they physical beings um, on this earth or are they etheric beings in our physical ocean? To me, they're just real, okay? They're, they're like uh, anybody else. Uh, when I went down there and they told me they were having to move mm -hmm. because the oceans were getting too polluted, mm -hmm. uh, I understood. I understood. And uh, it's like, um, can we still reach them and talk to them? I suppose you can. But I would have to go through the tunnels that they went through um, to find them. Uh, one of the other tunnels that I found in my journeys was under the Sphinx mm -hmm. in, uh, in okay. Egypt. Mm -hmm. Okay, I traveled to the Sphinx. I wanted to see the pyramids. And when I got there, there was a door that opened at the bottom of the Sphinx. And you went down in, and there were like these stairs that went on and on and on and on. And I was told that people used to be able to travel these tunnels underneath the earth to get to other places. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that that you see and you learn about. I have trouble with getting people to use their imagination to start with. You gotta use your imagination if you're going to go into vision, okay? What did Einstein say? Logic will get you so far, imagination will get you anywhere, everywhere. So, Athena, do you think that these, this is all gonna open up again as humanity rises? I mean, so with your, um, travels obviously you're out of body traveling you come back into your body you have full memory of where you've been oh yeah full memory oh that is Always. so cool so do you Always. think that this is all going to reopen and people will be able to use them these it, it's not it's not a reopening that's going to happen reawareness okay we're in an enlightenment period mm -hmm. similar to 1986 okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when the harmonic convergence was. Mm -hmm. That was when a whole lot of people that were ready to wake up, woke up mm -hmm. and got on their path. Mm -hmm. Same thing is happening now. No, it's not everybody on the planet that's gonna wake up, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they're not ready, mm -hmm. all right? The people who do wake up will find that there are many things that they can discover and like, uh, I have like all my meditational CDs up on cdbaby.com mm -hmm. and they will 
take you and journey you into the earth. They will journey you out to the skies, okay? And these places, people will find what they need for them, okay? I've never been one to tell people what they're supposed to see per se or what's supposed to come out of something. I don't believe in that, mm -hmm. okay? I, I believe that each person learns in their own way. Each person discovers through their own personality. And until they get beyond that personality, that's going to be truth for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And it's not easy to get past your personality. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, personality is strong. So you went through the Sphinx, through the tunnel in the Sphinx, and you said that it, uh, these tunnels are all over the in, inside the world, in the inner earth, right? Yeah. Have you recently seen the thing on TV where they go into this big, 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 gigantic crystal cave down in the earth? No. What's that? Yeah. It's, when a, you physical, say TV, it's a physical place. Do you mean they TV have, like Netflix have, TV or do you mean like normal TV? No, it's probably on like one of those learning channel places. But all you have to do is look it up online. And the, uh, the crystals are gigantic. Mm -hmm. You know, they're bigger than anything you can imagine. And um, they have to wear oxygen masks and everything down there because it's so deep in the earth. There's a lot of stuff in the earth that people know nothing about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the angels have shown you, uh, shown you this stuff. Not the angels, my guides. Your guides. You know, when I look in your eyes, I just see such a galactic being. Like, uh, I know that you've, you've, you've been a long time earther, like you're one of the ancient ones, but uh, I see so much galactic energy in you, like um, higher dimensional. How does the angelic realm and the galactic realm dovetail? I don't really know. They work together. Mm -hmm. They're all, they all work together in the etheric. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in the etheric, it's different than the astral. Okay. The etheric consciousness is more refined yeah yeah okay and so i was always pretty much able to communicate with otherworldly beings telepathically okay and so when i met all of these wonderful beings i met ashtar a long time before this happened i met ashtar at a conclave do you know what a conclave is Okay, the Galactic Brotherhood, they hold conclaves here in the physical. And they bring people together to teach them. And then they'll have one person that channels like Ashtar, um, who has given them the instructions on how to set things up. Uh, and then Ashtar will usually come through and guide you on the whole thing. I met him in a conclave years before this. I can't even remember when, but I was like, 
how come everybody doesn't know about these guys? I mean, <laughs> how can you not know about these guys? So a conclave is a group of people that know they're connected to their galactic counterparts who come together physically and one person channels and then gives information to those people uh, to activate, to do things on on the earth. Like they kind of give instructions from the high dimensional beings. Oh, they'll have a thing right there, you know, where everybody will look in each other's eyes and see if they can see the soul and this and that and the other. You know, it's very um, informative. It's not like you're just thrown into something. You always have choice. Yeah. So how did you you meet? You always have choice. How did you get to one of these conclaves? Someone met you and said, you know, we're doing this thing. Come along. We're having this group. Let's go. No. Earlier, I had set up a retreat out here mm-hmm. and there was a girl who used to channel ashtar that put out a newsletter and i read the newsletter and i was like oh yeah this is like this is it mm-hmm. and so i called her up uh, her name is carol messenger as a matter of fact she's got a new book out which is i guess picked up by a publisher right now but i'm not surprised she was an excellent writer and um, uh, uh, she was holding the conclaves, and they were being held out at what is called the Sanctuary of Light, that I don't think is there anymore, because the man who ran it was so old, I think, that he's passed by now. So which part of uh, America was this? Is this in? Colorado. Colorado, right. Okay. So near the Red Rocks, is it? No, no, it was out east. East. Um, out, out by Calhan or someplace. Uh-huh. But it was a sanctuary of like this old man had literally brought people together to put stones. I mean, there were, what do you call it, pathways everywhere. And then you could go, you could even take a pathway up to this uh, pyramid. I think it was copper but it had crystals hanging down and and then there was a sign that said if you go in here please send out light to all the leaders of the world oh beautiful i think i've seen that on television somewhere or or on some youtube or something i i've i think i've seen that place sounds very familiar i think they did it he built it all himself right he did by hand yeah i've seen it it's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. So you went there and did a conclave there, and that's where you met Ashtar. So yeah. for people who don't know who Ashtar is, who is Ashtar? Lord Ashtar, okay? And I call him Lord Ashtar because he is a lord, and you'll hear me nice. uh, all the other ones lord as well. Um, lord Ashtar and the Ashtar Command, okay, uh, are a group of etheric beings mm-hmm. who work with the brotherhoods of light and also with the angels. Okay? And them too. Okay, when I traveled to Sedona, then I went down on the earth and that's where they were. That's where they lived. Okay? And one day, 
um, when I was, I was growing by leaps and bounds now, mind you. Um, I would get lost going to the grocery store and back home, which was like five blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Where am I now? <laughs> and this gigantic, now I can show you the ships in the sky, okay? This gigantic ship came down right in front of me into the field next to me and right into the earth. It was amazing. I could not deny any longer that um, the ships exist, okay? And I have another friend. We've, we've taken people out to see them. Uh, you, you have to go with the sky. It's, it's dark. You're not going to see them much in the city. City. I've seen them in the city. Oh, yep. so have I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you have to see them with your um, inner eye. You can't see them with your physical eyes. But you, I actually, I have seen that. Those my physical the... eyes, no, was in the, in the ones in the sky too. Mm. I've shown my hat. My husband's here. He didn't believe. I said, "Come on, yeah. let me show you. I'll show you the ships." Yep. And he shut up after that. <laughs> and he shut up after that. <laughs> Uh, I was telling my, I, I went for a walk with my neighbor who works for the Catholic diocese here. She's very Catholic. Anyway, we have very interesting conversations and I, and I talk about ETs all the time. She thinks I'm mad. So we went for a walk down at the beach. We live in the city and I asked them, okay, you're going to show her something. Come on, come on, let's show her something. And uh, we were watching a busker and I looked up and I saw these two lights, but uh, it was dark but it was this long elongated ship and there was a light on the back and a light on the front and it was kind of moving across the sky very slowly. It looked very low. And I said to her, there you go, there's an ET, there's a, there's a craft up there. And she said, oh, that's a plane. And I said, well, look at the way it's moving. Planes don't move like that. So she's looking and she's looking and then she goes, what the F is that? And I said, I told you, it's a ship. But she could not compute. Like it couldn't, it doesn't belong in her paradigm. It's not right. possible in her paradigm, right? But it, and then she had I a bit of a panic I attack after that. Stop and move back and forth to show somebody. It's us, it's us, it's us. Yeah. It's not a plane in the sky, it's not a star. See, stars don't move back and forth like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the ships, I know that you're in touch, you channel the Arcturians as well. How long have we been talking? Look, there's so much to you, Athena, that, um, you know, we could talk for days, but uh, it would be good to sort of get the perspective of the higher dimensional beings, you know, what's happening in our world like right now. We're, we've been, we're in 2020, we're kind of in chaos. And lots of people are kind of worried, really worried. You know, we've got, gone through the, well, we haven't finished with the pandemic yet, but we're in the middle of a s sort of pandemic and now the riots. What have they, have they been talking to you about? Not really. Not really. The Divine Mother came in in, in December, mm -hmm. okay? The Divine Mother, the mother of us all, came in because Mother Earth reached out to her, not because of the people, okay? But one of the things that nobody uh, thought would happen, uh, the Divine Mother is nobody to mess with, okay? Uh, she, 
she really will, you know, and like, like they said, you know, since we had the, what do you call it, quarantine, that the uh, atmosphere was clearer in China, and this was the, the oceans, and, you know, it's like, those things have to be cleaned up. Things have to change, okay? And unfortunately, people do not change without pain. And it's part of what a human being is made of. And that is why we have, and say, get to the heart chakra, get out of your lower chakras, get up here to a place of love. And if it takes pain for you to do that, then pain you shall have. Mm -hmm. Okay? And she's really, I am honored that she's here. Okay? I am honored that she'll speak to me. But I also know they're all very busy right now because there is so much chaos going on that people are praying like they never prayed before. Yeah. And, and all prayers are answered. They told me that a long time ago. Every prayer is answered. Instantly. Don't ever think that your prayer is not heard. Every prayer is answered instantly in a vibrational well, no. reality. No, not instantly. I prayed for my sister and I prayed for her and prayed for her and prayed for her. And then she died anyway. She OD'd. Well, then I went up there after she died. I was mad. And I said, well, what happened to all those prayers I did? And they said, every one of your prayers was heard. <coughs> when she's ready to receive it, it'll still be there for her. Mm, nice. Yeah. Well, praying for another is a little different because they have free will, right? So, uh, Right. But you, you can't control other people, no matter how much you wish you could. <laughs> But praying for um, every prayer is answered instantly in a vibrational or in an etheric reality. It just needs time to manifest in a physical reality, and there and we have to give it the, we have to align with the energy in order for it to manifest. So it seems like prayers aren't answered, but I'm sure that you prayed for the well-being of your sister, and she died, and there she was, and she was like I had a friend of mine who died, Nikki. She was born thalidomide affected. And uh, she went into a coma and that night I saw her and I said, oh, are you all right? And she said, I'm fine. And I'm like holding her and saying, are you sure you're all right? She said, I'm fine, Karen, I'm fine. And I said, promise me you're okay. She said, I'm, I promise you I'm, I'm okay. And then I rang her sister the next morning and said, I saw Nikki last night. She told me she's fine. She's going to be fine. And then she dies the next day. And like, and she came to me and I said, you told me you were going to be fine. And she said, I am fine. I'm just not in right. my body. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I should have asked a different question. I should have said, are you going to stay in your body? And that would have been a different answer, right? Yeah. She, she probably would have said, no, I'm not going to stay in my body, but I'm fine. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't ask that question. So, yeah. So I'm sure that you prayed for the well-being of your sister and she, she received it, but she had to die to receive it. Well, that and, and I went to see her after that and she hadn't, she hadn't really gone anywhere. She had gone 
a lot of people do this. They die. Mm -hmm. And then like you'll see um, rows of houses uh, with lawn and everything. People will go there and live exactly like they lived here. Yeah, to an, an astral they won't go. second they earth. Won't go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nikki did that too. Because Nikki was like, sick her whole life. And she Reincarnation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they they achieve desires in that astral realm that they couldn't achieve on earth like she couldn't travel because she was sick and she couldn't get insurance and she was very sick her whole life because she was affected by the drug thalidomide and she was physically deformed but mostly internally deformed and after she died she went to a, a friend of mine cyrus calls it second earth she went to a astral earth and traveled the world like she did in you know in this earth environment what she couldn't do in this particular earth and, right uh, yeah yeah it was beautiful and and they are you know they are having well i'm not going to say a problem but where are all these souls supposed to go if they don't go anywhere how do you mean i mean they got to come right back in here. But are they going to be a human being this time? Or are they going to be a cow? What the hell are they going to be? Yeah. I heard you say on, on uh, Kevin's show, because, uh, you know, the, the variety of what can happen to us after we leave this physical form is as vast as the universe. You know, there, everyone says, what happens with you when you die? It's like saying, well, what happens when you live? It's like so vast. It's so varied. But you did talk about some souls that, if we're speaking in linear time from a linear mind perspective, we'll die and then reincarnate like straight into a body, another body without having life reviews and all that sort of stuff. They'll just kind of go whoop, like do a U-turn. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about that because see this little one here, when he died as a she in her other cat form, I had a dream and I saw exactly that. It was like I saw her little black body and I saw this little soul spirit go up and do a U-turn and come straight back down into a little black cat kitten. And I went, wow, <laughs> just, just the U-turn. And this one turns up four weeks as a kitten in my garden after my other black cat died. Like it just came straight back into a cat body. It was amazing. Yeah, we rescued the kitty we have now. And... Um... I had just lost Samantha and Samantha, Semi Kitty, she was, she was telepathic with me and everything else. And then we get this kitty. So I told my husband, Bill, this is your cat because he was always jealous about Sammy Kitty, how much she loved me. And I said, well, here's your, here's your chance. Well, I was laying in bed one day and I think it was, well, I could always feel Sammy Kitty coming back to visit me. But I was laying, I think it was after one of my shoulder replacements. Uh, animals always know when you're hurting. And um, she was up on the bed with me. And I watched Sammy Kitty come down inside this kitty. Mm. All right. And so now they're both in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crowded, right? And they, they seem to be getting along fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was the oddest thing. I, I've never seen that before. Although I have seen souls immediately reincarnate. Okay? 
but I'd never seen that. Yeah, well, it's really interesting because the soul is so much faster than we give it credit for. I had a friend that died and I did a healing on his family, kept asking me to heal him. And I, and I knew he wasn't, there was no healing him. He was out of here, you know, I'm like yeah. exit stage left. But I just brought his family together and I just got them all to speak to each other before he died and tell them how much they appreciate. Because as much as they were a loving family, they weren't very vocal. They never really said how much they appreciated each other. Very Australian to do that, be very stoic, you know, like, she'll be right, mate. I don't need to tell you how much I love you. But anyway, uh, and it was a bit, and then he got to one of his grandchildren and he started crying because he had seven kids and many grandchildren. And I thought, now, why is this one so special? And my guide said to me, because it's him. Like he'd already <laughs> incarnated as this two-year-old before he'd left his body. That's right. And, and That's so right. I've watched this kid grow and, oh, my God, he's so like him. Even the way he dances is exactly the same. It's hysterical. Yeah. So. The mannerisms. I mean, you yeah. can see them early on. Mm. And then, you know, people talk to me about old souls and new souls. And I go, I have no idea why, okay? You'll have to ask somebody higher up than me, okay? Because I'm not in charge of any of that stuff. So you have an answer for that? <laughs> for what? I, I ask why old, for what? Old souls, new souls. Oh, right. So, uh, so do you feel like doing a little bit of channeling just here from maybe the mother? You said the mother came through to you just to give I, a message to humanity in these crazy times. Um, sure. Sure. I, I don't know who will come through. Well, whoever wants to come through, that'd be lovely. Okay. Cause like I said, um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now out there. And people have even been having a hard time getting into a, a decent meditation. That's how scattered the energies are out there right now. Oh, and that's one more point I want to make. Meditate. Learn to meditate. Please learn to meditate. Okay, that's it. Meditate, 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 meditate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I call through the power of light that I am. I call to the angels, Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Arachiel, Azrael, Romeo, and Raziel. I call to all my teachers and guides, all those that assist, guide, guard, and protect, and ask that you bring your energy forward and allow a spokesperson to come through for us today. And so there's somebody here already. Anyway, they say you have a question and they want me to ask you what that question is. Uh, just a message for humanity with the riots happening in the States. Let's see. It's a trial by fire. Mm -hmm. It's a, a, a fire represents the purification. And it, rep, it represents the, uh, the flame, the holy flames of light, um, of which... Uh, violet flame has been with you uh, for centuries, but many of the other flames haven't interacted with uh, earth beings uh, in a long time. Uh, the flames are the flames of purification, 
cleansing, transmutation, and uh, transition. Uh, much of what's going on has been uh, actually asked for uh, in one way or another. It's, this is a time of people learning to respect and appreciate other people just because they are people. This pandemic has everybody up in an uproar because it is affecting all the people on the planet. This pandemic uh, was uh, initiated uh, by the higher realms uh, to help humanity discover what's important. Uh, there has been too much anger, too much hatred, uh, too much ugliness uh, that has been hidden inside, and that is coming out now. Uh, it's not going to be a pretty picture. But remember who you are. Always remember who you are. If you are indeed connected to God or um, the divinity, uh, you definitely will understand how you must maintain a level and a, of, uh, of compassion, uh, joy, and harmony as those things are still there. This is a sad time for people to um, uh, believe that another color of people uh, deserve less or more than someone else has been a wrong teaching for a long, long time. Okay. All right, can I get a little drink for a second? Of course, dying one, absolutely. Please drink. So I, I put on lipstick and I shouldn't have. <laughs> Dries, dries up my mouth. All right. Okay. All right. So, so who are Jesus, we? Jesus wants to come through. Oh, beautiful. Sananda? No, Jesus. Beautiful. Okay. Jesus says there are many who are calling and needing his uh, energy at this point in time. Of course, all the Christians, but everyone is really a Christian if they will just understand that they are everything all of the time. I am here to help souls heal and cross. I have to take them and help them when they die so that they can make a different kind of return other than the right back into body and the same thing all over again. This is, and now there's a whole group of them. And I'm going to say it's, I'm going to say it's Jesus and the disciples. Okay. And I've never seen him with the disciples before. And he said, these men, when they were men, were taught to live uh, judiciously, um, non-judgmental, um, aware of the uh, panic and power that 
the material brings and to set people on a course that would allow them to understand uh, the importance of the soul and the spirit. And that's what's going on now. The importance of the soul and spirit. That's what this awakening is about. Without that, um, th there would be no point um, uh, to hide the darkness uh, inside the light. It doesn't work. Sooner or later, the light will infiltrate the darkness. And it has been so dark for too long uh, around the planet by people's judgments of others. And I would ask all to understand that you are the Christ. You are the Christ consciousness. And the Christ consciousness is what the teachings are about. They were never about the man, Jesus, that I am. They were always about God and the Christ consciousness. And this is what is having to be faced at this point in time by many of the so-called devout Christians. Now, there is no need to be angry about the ignorance, for it is not really ignorance. It's a shut door. It's a door that's been shut and sealed, closed, and locked for a very, very, very long period of time that's being opened. And this is causing, oh, like, uh, what do they call it? Skeletons out of the closet mm -hmm. to come out. Mm -hmm. And that has to be the way it is for people to see the truth. This is not about not caring or loving you beings. This is about you loving one another and coming together and understanding that love is greater than all of the dysfunction in the world. Mm. So love it is, is greater. massive. It is massive. Love is greater than all the dysfunctions in the world. So what would you like to say, Jesus, to people who feel they want to help? They're watching the news. They're getting angry at... Um, you know, they're, they're all up in the story. It's the this people doing it. No, it's the that people doing it. No, it's the politicians. And they're trying to, you know, get Trump out of power and Trump's good and Trump's bad. And, you know, they're all up in the story and they're all sort of involved in the details of what's happening. But they're, they feel like they want to help. But they're, what do you want to say to these people? Check yourselves. Know where you are at. Know what your truth is and know what your understanding is about and continue to emanate that. There is not a matter of taking any sides here. This is a matter of you individually. One person, one aware person of true Christ consciousness resonates out to a hundred or a thousand others. Hundreds of thousands. Never, never feel that your vibration is stifled, for it is not. And that's what I would say. Beautiful. Thank you. But indeed, 
one more time. It is a cleansing. Everything that's going on is a much needed cleansing. And if that cleansing didn't occur, nothing was going to change. And unfortunately for humans, change only comes through pain and sadness. No reason for you to feel that. No reason for our channel to feel that. It is about them learning from one another. And okay. how long do you think that this time of transition and change will continue for? Will there be a time where humans stop needing to suffer in order to change? How long do you think this time of uh, disruption will go on for? Okay, you speak of two things. Okay. Um, but the disruption, okay, um, that you speak of is due to fear that has not been faced in the past. Yeah. Okay. As people begin to face the fear, people will begin to understand that we are just human beings. And that if human beings don't begin to honor and help each other, then it's always going to be challenging at first, when the refugees were turned away and then continually turned away and turned away and turned away, that is unacceptable. Each human life has the same meaning as any other. Each human being must understand and come to an awareness that they are part of the problem or part of the healing. Does that answer your question? Yes. Let me just reiterate. Each human being has to understand that your focus is part of the problem or part of the healing. Exactly. And you will find people are becoming aware and enlightened very quickly, even out of all the chaos, chaos. will come a rose. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Blessings. I am here for you too. You can talk to me. It's okay. Oh, I know oh. you talk to me all the time. <laughs> I've done since I was born. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to say goodbye now. <laughs> I, I don't see Jesus very often, okay? Oh, he's part okay. of my mob. <laughs> I knew he was around, too. Um, with some of my regression work with people, Jesus has been in there. And, and that has really helped them because that's who they relate to. Yeah. Well, he's a part of the reconciliation process, which is really the issue that's happening at the moment. Uh, his energy, the Christ consciousness, is about that judgment that we spoke about and about reconciliation. And yeah, so that's really a part of the energy of the Christ consciousness, which is what which is what's happening on our planet right now. It's this, you know, I was having I had in my online group. I was saying I've got quite a few 
beautiful black women in the group and I'm saying, God, this stuff was going on in the 60s. Can you believe in 2020 we're still going through this shit? Like this, this, like this issue of, of, I don't, they call it race. It's crazy to talk about race. There's one race, it's called the human race. You know, like the colour of someone's skin shouldn't be an issue in 2020 and yet here we are. So, yes, uh, my daughter always says, Mom, you're totally unconscious when it comes to that. You know, no prejudice. My daughter's black, okay? She's 50 years old, you know? We don't know which side to be on. <laughs> there are no sides. There's no sides. No, there are not in this house either. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, my daughter knows no prejudice either. She, yeah, she doesn't understand it either. She just, uh, she's not even been taught it. It wasn't even in her consciousness until I was um, laughing with a friend about um, this one that I told you about, Nikki, that died. Her mother uh -huh. was really snobby. And she said, yeah, we can't have a black man talking in the golf club. And we thought that that was hilarious. We were just laughing at her ignorance. And my daughter was listening to our conversation. She didn't understand it. Why can't you have a black man in the golf club? It did, didn't compute. It's like it just didn't compute in her awareness. And I loved that, that it didn't compute in her awareness. And I was thinking, hopefully that generation, you know, those old thought forms won't carry through. But as I'm watching what's happening in the world, they obviously have carried through. And, well, uh, they have carried through. But like you said, in the younger generation. Okay, this was not the younger generation that, uh, I mean, too many black people have been killed by police officers for no reason other than, you know, why, why not shoot him in the leg? Why not shoot him in the arm? Must you kill? You know, if you feel threatened, then you can do something about it. But when someone's running away, I don't see how threatened you can feel. How about you? How about me what? How threatened would you feel if someone was running away from you? <laughs> yeah, no. not threatened at all. Exactly. Well, Athena, it's been just so beautiful to hear some of your story. I know there's so much more. There's so much more. What fascinated me was the tunnel under the Sphinx. I'd like to sort of travel down there and see where that goes. <laughs> like You really should. You know, one of the things I found is the more traveling you do, um, the more you discover all kinds of things that you never knew before. Yeah. Now, like I said, that stairwell was there. Um, uh, but I was traveling in the astral. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But, you know, when Red Cloud took me to fly over Sedona, I was a bird. Yeah. Did you go into the mountain and, and visit with the ETs in the mountain? I took a trip to Sedona. Yeah, in Sedona. That's when I found them. Yeah. And there are a lot, a lot of walk-ins in Sedona. Yeah. That yeah. belong to the different um, groups the different nations galactic nations yeah definitely it's a really cosmic place isn't it we it have is. a place called byron bay in australia it's in northern new south wales and it's the same there lots of galactic beings lots of walk-ins yeah and i have to say sydney is pretty 
extraordinary as well. Lots of galactic beings. It's an extraordinary. Oh, I'd love to come over there. I would just love it. Yeah, it's an extraordinary place, Australia. It's and the indigenous. You know, our indigenous are very connected to the Pallades. Uh, it's said that the um, Uluru, the rock, it was called, it was given a name by white people called Ayers Rock, but the indigenous call it Uluru is um, actually a part of the Pallades. It's seeded planet Earth. It was, um, it was a conscious bit of the Pallades that went into the formation of Earth and seeded life into Earth. And they're very, they're, they're, all their teachings, the Indigenous Australians, they talk about the star people. And yeah, so uh, we're all going. Uh, there's, a, there's a rock in uh, Georgia mm -hmm. that, uh, they say is connected to Ayers Rock. Oh, okay. Some people took me there last time I was in the area. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. Well, everything's connected. It's all one, really. It's just a matter of, yeah. Well, that, what do they call that? Is the cosmic ley lines? The cosmic ley lines, yep. Mm -hmm. The ley lines of the planet, yep. But I suppose we should go so you can have your dinner and I can have my breakfast. It's okay. actually nearly lunchtime now. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been beautiful. And so for people who want to uh, take your, you've got these guided meditations, they're on your website and your website is, it's your name, Athena. AtheneRaphael.com. Yes. So it's Athene or Athene, A-T-H-E-N-E, Raphael, R A. E F I E I E L dot com. Beautiful. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Namaste. What a fascinating conversation with Athena. Athene or Athena. She says, either you can call her either. I said, how do you want me to say your name? She said, you can call me Athena or Athene. It's up to you. <laughs> so I don't know. I use both. Uh, fascinating conversation in so many places we could have gone um, yeah interesting very interesting she's got many more stories to share I'm sure I'm sure but it's interesting that she's experienced in this life both the very dark and the very light and everything in between she's really kind of run the gamut of experiences one can have as a physical human being connected to the light Yes, wonderful. Interesting that Jesus came through. No surprise to me that he's coming through at this time of reconciliation. Um, you know, what's going on on our planet right now. Oh, it's interesting. There's some interesting Facebook posts about how the protests, even though, yeah, even though they're protesting about the unfairness of the way the black community is being uh, treated in the, by the police institutions in, in, in America, there are so many people inciting more violence like they're just they're whipping it up you know they're kind of creating this divide and uh, yeah it's sort of interesting but with all of this with all that's happening it's not up to us as the difference makers as the beings of light as the light workers as the light weavers as the star nation whatever you want to call yourself really it doesn't matter as someone here that's here to uplift human consciousness it's not up to us to get caught up in the story of right and wrong and who is doing what and why and who is right and who is wrong because we can go down that tunnel 
and get sucked into it like it's like this magnetic force that draws you into it and then you're in outrage and then you're in anger and then you're in you know you're in the lower denser emotions and look as human beings we have the choice we can be in the lower denser emotions and swim around in the density of anger and resentment and outrage and upset we're given that choice but as beings here to make a difference now my nose is running it is for us to be able to witness it and stay connected to the the lighter subtler uh, dimensions or vibrations or thoughts of seeing the perfection like um, Athena and my guides were saying this in our group on Monday we were talking about this we have we you know I had a, a plan to talk get people pairing up and, and talk to each other's guides but that didn't happen because the conversation got all swept up in what's happening in the world at the moment about the riots and you know the guidance that was coming through is that um, in order for old systems in order for new systems to come into place, in order for the new world to come into place, old systems have to crumble. And they gave me the analogy, which I thought was very clever, because I love renovation shows. <laughs> you know, all those renovation shows that uh, fixer-upper shows that take old houses and renovate them. There's something about taking something that's crumbling and old and making it new again that really lights me up, turns me on, right? I just love renovation shows. But with every renovation show, there is always destruction before the new house can be built even if you're just renovating a room there is like a kitchen you've got to take out the old kitchen you've got to smash it up right before you put in the new kitchen so they gave me this analogy on monday that you know when new systems are coming into place the destruction of old systems have to happen and we're seeing a lot of destruction on our planet right now well not a lot but we're seeing a bit you know the mainstream media will have you believe that that's all that's happening on our planet is uh, people rioting and destroying. Sorry, I just had breakfast <laughs> in between, uh, in between talking to Athena and coming back. Breakfast, lunch, it's lunchtime now. Yeah, so it would have, they'd have you believe that this is all that's going on in the world because that's all they want to report. They want to report how many people are dying of COVID and they want to talk about how, the violence. That's all they want to talk about. But, you know, nonetheless, it is happening. So we're seeing destruction. So in order for new systems to come in place, old systems have to crumble. And um, as I've said before, you know, the light uses the dark for its own agenda because there is only one energy, a source of pure positive energy that creates all of it. So, the, so love creates hate and fear as much as it creates love and light. You know, it all comes from the one source. It all comes from the one place. And when you can see that, when you can look upon something that looks destructive and hideous and horrible and you can see the divine within it, you can see past uh, the destruction of the now and see how that destruction is going to rebuild a new future. When you can, like Paul Selleck, all the guides through Paul said, I just, you know, this is the work I do. When you can look upon something and see the divine in it, your knowing transforms it you're knowing so never ever forget how powerful your thoughts are your thoughts manifest instantly in an etheric or vibrational reality Athena called it etheric in a vibrational or subtler reality your thoughts manifest instantly in order to bring that thought into a physical reality 
there is a buffer of time so it doesn't look like it we don't give importance to our thoughts so we just you know we just fly or we get angry with that we get happy with that angry happy you know we just let our thoughts go like we just we don't focus and direct and be deliberate with the, how we flow our energy as humans and this is my guides tell me that this is the most important thing humanity is learning right now is how to to direct your energy how to direct your thoughts instead of letting circumstances sort of you know knock you all around the place upset about that outraged about that pissed off about that you know oh this is terrible and what i find in my work and with my, and with my um even with my daughter it's like humans think i have a right to be upset about this don't take that away from me i'm pissed off with what's happening and you can't make me feel better about it i have a right to be pissed off this is unfair i don't like what i'm looking at and so trying to convince someone to see it in a different light sometimes you get huge amounts of pushback i know my daughter does this when she's upset it's like don't try and take my upset away from me i'm upset and i'm gonna be upset and you have that right to be upset but if you want to make a difference in this world if you want to be a difference maker you have to understand that your upset is indication of how you're flowing energy and how we flow energy is how we create this world so if you can find a way to look at something and see the perfection or see the divinity in it or look at it like if i'm going to renovate the house i have to take down the old house you know find a way to see the light then you become a powerful deliberate creator you become a genius creator in fact when you can learn to direct and flow your energy in a way that feels good no matter what you experience or what you look at what you see on the mainstream media or on the internet if you can see the perfection or see the divinity then you are a powerful powerful force and source of transformation in this world and that's what you can do to help right now see how the people that are upset and angry they're as esther would say launching rockets of desires are shooting out of them i don't want this i want that i don't want this unfairness i want more fairness i don't want this unkindness i want no kind more kindness so if you can answer their prayers by focusing on what they want instead of they're asking for it at the moment we're seeing a lot of people asking it's the first step of manifestation ask orchestrate receive so if you can focus on what they're asking for so they're asking for more unity more fairness more unity what we're asking for people are screaming at us they're asking for more unity amongst humanity that we stop judging each other by the color of our skin or our sexual orientation or our choices or our ideas you know i'm someone that's been very vilified and judged because of my ideas because i'm being considered woo woo by my school friends they've said to me we don't believe in all that bullshit you believe in you know and we can be judged for anything for what we look like for what we believe for what we do if we could stop judging each other and start loving each other and loving the diversity and and letting we have the right to think and believe and be any way we want to like god gives us that freedom that free will 
and loves us regardless of who we are and what we do, if we could don that perspective of unconditional love, that is the Christ consciousness, that is living heaven on earth, that is seeing eye, that's seeing life through the eyes of source, then you are a powerful, 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 powerful influence in this world. Believe you, your thoughts matter. The way you flow your energy and how you think, it matters. It really, really matters. So I know the people that watch my show know this. It's just a little reminder from home, really. Uh, I don't get too much pushback. But there's a few people that are really upset and angry and they want to tell you why. And they want to um, give you reasons and justify their anger and their upset. And, you know, you can do that. But learn to focus in a way that feels good. And then you will help this world shift and change. That's what Source is asking us, all of us, everyone. Everyone, without exception. Some will manage it and some will not. And those that do manage it, they'll move on to a different experience, a new experience, a higher experience, a, a better experience. And those that don't manage it, they'll stay in a denser, third-dimensional experience, either here or on another planet. They'll stay until they get it. And, you know, we have eternity to get it. Anyway, thanks for watching and listening. And uh, I love you all. And remember to buy the book Awakened by Death. There's just no better examples of how people found their connection to source inside horrific circumstances in that book. Some of the stories in that book are outrageously traumatic. And yet, you know, Dave Byron, one of my favorites, the Australian guy who I interview here in my home, uh, in Bali, his 13-year-old daughter gets killed by the Bali explosions back in 2000, 2002, I think it was, 2000. Uh, and uh, he goes, you know, he, he searches through the rubble of all the dead bodies after the explosion looking for his 13, 14-year-old daughter. Horrific, some of the things he saw. And uh, I hope that, you know, he told me that after years of, um, of grieving and hating God for taking away the person that he loved the most <laughs> he just said I can't I couldn't feel like that anymore and I had to make a choice I had to start thinking differently and that's exactly what he did and now he's such a joyous being such a light such a light in this world he helps people um, he used to be having trouble with alcohol when he was young and he and he, he works inside AA helping people overcome their stressful thoughts and negative thinking and their addictions and beautiful beautiful man but he he uh, he like Athena you know saw the depths of despair in order to find the light and sometimes for humans that's what it's going to take until you've had enough and then you ask for the light yeah so it's a great read and uh, I have Belinda Womack I think of uh, for people that have watched the show is coming up in the inner sanctum this this weekend so it's an angel week for me more archangels the angels are with us, guiding us all the way, and they're loving you and loving everyone around you. Remember, they're there, and remember to ask if you need their guidance or their teaching or their help. Big love and bye for now.